the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I see a whole lot of Christians today that ain't free. So it tells me one thing. They may not want the truth. Saturday before I went to bed, the Lord started talking to me about truth and about this message. I had no idea what it was for um, because I wasn't intending on ministering to this at the jail Sunday night. But he started talking to me about Saturday night and then I got up and went to the restroom. He's talking about it to me about it when I got up Sunday morning. He was still talking about the same thing. So I said, well, when I go to church this morning, I'll just take my strongest concordance with me. And after lunch, I always come back to the church. I'll just, he may be switching my message for Sunday night. So I just want to be sure and be ready. And that wasn't the case, but I got to jail Sunday night and Pastor Guy said, well, you minister Wednesday. I knew right then what he was talking about. So, you know, I don't ask God why he wants me to minister on the things that he wants me to minister on. I just do it. Go ahead, Thirsty, and put up there 1 John 1 and 17. Not 1 John, I'm sorry. The Gospel of John 1 and 17. It says this. It says, The law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So we're going to be talking tonight about truth. Put up there, if you would, Thirsty, 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2. Remember that word, truth. I want it to stick with you. Second Timothy chapter four and verse two. It says, Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and shall turn their ears away from the truth and be turned onto fables. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I thank you that it's impossible for you to lie. Whatever you say, it's the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence here tonight. I thank you that my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, I ask you to hold me where you need to hold me and let me go where I need to go. I ask you to speak through me tonight. I ask that these people here tonight have ears to hear what your word has to say to them, and they shall know the truth, and the truth will set them free. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
So we're still talking about truth. We're talking about that grace and truth came by Jesus and in the last days they would turn their ears away from truth. And of course, I see that uh, so much I wouldn't even have time to talk about it. Ephesians, the sixth chapter and the tenth verse. In Ephesians 6 and 10, still talking about truth. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I want you to notice... Um, in verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. For the, so the first piece of the armor that you're putting on is the armor of truth. And second, it says, um, In the breastplate of righteousness. Um, after you've born again, after you've repented of your sins, you've been born of, of the Spirit, he became sin for you who knew no sin that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. When you are born again, God declares you righteous. You're no longer a sinner anymore. If you do sin after you get saved, it does not make you a sinner. So you don't need to go around uh, calling yourself a sinner after that you get saved and give the devil a foothold in your life because he made you righteous. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. He was made sin for you who knew no sin that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a righteous person. The reason I am, it ain't because of me. It had nothing to do with me, but everything to do with Him. So, as we, uh, as we look at the armor of God, and it says, Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And it says, But above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we can see that it's important that you put on your armor every day. And the first one is your loins girt about with truth. And while we're in Ephesians, I'm going to back up a little bit to verse uh, chapter 4 and verse 15. 4 and 15. And it says in 4 and 15, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So it's talking about speaking the truth in love and grow up into him in all things. Now, Thirsty, if you would, put up there uh, John 8 and verse 30, the Gospel of John 8 and 30. It says, and as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You can be as free as you want to be. 
if you receive the Word of God into your heart and you'll trust that these, what, everything that He said is His Word. The more you believe it, the more it goes into your heart, the freer you will become. While we're in the Gospel of John 16 and 13, How about when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. So it says, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, and He'll guide you into all truth. And there's only one way that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. And He's only going to lead you in the path of righteousness for His namesake. He's only going to lead you into holiness. He ain't going to lead you anywhere else. He's going to re lead you down that straight path, the straight and the narrow. He ain't going to lead you to the left. He ain't going to lead you to the right. He's only going to lead you into all truth. Now, Thirsty put up there John 17 and 17. John 17 and verse 17 says, Sanctify them... Tr through thy truth, thy word is truth. Verse 19. And for, their, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. So, we're talking about the truth tonight. And we're going to be talking about also sanctification. So, put up their thirst if you would. I'm, how many of you, don't, don't raise your hand. How many of them here, in here tonight you want to know what the will of God for your life is? Just, just acknowledge it and say, yes, that's me. I'm going to tell you what the will of God for your life is tonight, okay? If you would, Thirsty, put up there 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. I can't tell you what the whole plan of God for your life is, but I can get you started off in the right track. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. This is the first one. I'm going to give you three. That's the will of God for your life. It says, I still hear, hear pages turning, so that's a good sound. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we can see that's the will of God. God don't want anybody to go to hell. That's not His will. It's the will of God that all men come to repentance. Well, what does repentance mean? Repentance means turn away from darkness, turn away from the world, turn away from the sinful nature, turn away from sin, and turn to God, turn to light. Repentance. Uh, Acts 3 and 19, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So this is number one. It's the will of God for you to come to repentance. Number two, put up there, Thirsty, uh, Ephesians, the fifth chapter and the 17th verse. Ephesians, the fifth chapter and the 17th verse. Number two, this is the second thing for the will of God in your life. 
It says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we can see the second thing in uh, uh, verse 18, that um, He wants you filled with the Spirit. So He wants you to come to repentance, He wants you to be born again, and then He wants you to be filled with the Spirit. Okay, that's two. Number three, put up there 1 Thessalonians 4, chapter 4 and verse 1. 1 Thessalonians 4 and chapter 1. We're still talking about the will of God, okay? We're still talking about truth, okay? It says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandment we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. This is number three. This is the will of God. Even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and in honor. So, number one, we can see he wants everybody to come to repentance and be born again. A new creation in Christ Jesus. The righteousness of God in Christ. And then he wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he wants you to be sanctified. Separated. Come out from among them and separate. Because this is not common today in the church. Because sin is running rapid in the church. And people... Uh, uh, people say, well, these ministers are just getting away with it. No, they're not getting away with anything. Judgment day is coming, see. And when they stand before that judgment seat of Christ, uh, it's going to be a whole, different, a whole different story. So they're not getting away with anything. So he wants you born again. He wants you filled with the Holy Ghost. And he wants you sanctified, set apart. Notice he said, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Well, what is fornication? Sex outside of marriage. It says in Hebrews 4 and 13, or 13 and 4, excuse me, that marriage is honorable in all, and the bed is undefiled. Okay? It honors God for a man and a woman to get married. But he says adulterers and fornicators, he's going to judge. So we can plainly see it's not hard to understand the will of God is that you be sanctified, that you be set apart. And it says, let's see, um, Put up there 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9. I'm going to cover some things here uh, tonight that will help you if you want to know the truth. Okay. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, uh, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, uh, no idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infamite, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extorters shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. That's past tense. I used to be all of them. And such were some of you. But you are washed. 
But you are sanctified. There's that word sanctified again. And justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things, but I will, but I will not be brought into the power of any. Meats for the belly, belly for the meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication. Now remember, we started off talking about God is truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I'm not making any of this stuff up. God is talking tonight. This is his word. I'm reading his word and he's talking. It says, now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God had both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the temple are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. See, Christians are joined unto the Lord. They're one spirit. And that's why he said flee fornication. In verse 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. Okay? But he that committed fornication sins against his own body. You want to see some people that's bound and people that are not free and some of the goofed up, messed up people you ever seen in your life? You, you watch those that are, that are getting in sexual immorality outside of the Word of God and they're taking medication and everything else and none of it works. Because when you commit fornication, you sin against your own body. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now, why does God tell you these things to hurt you? No, God wants to help you. See, God wants you to be free. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to live in the Spirit. He wants you to walk in the Spirit. He wants you to walk with Him. He wants you to know Him. And He knows if you walk after the flesh, if you live like this, your life's going to be miserable. He knows that. That's why it says the kingdom of God is not what you eat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. He wants to help us. His word is not to hurt you. His word is to help you. And that's why truth is so good. I love truth. The more truth I accept into my life, the freer I become. The less room the enemy has to attack me. See? Because when Jesus defeated the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't just say, I'm the son of God and defeat him with power. He used the word of God against him. Satan came to him and twisted the word, and then Jesus quoted the exact word to him. See? And he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now, I want to tell you something. People ask me, they say, what about temptation? As long as you are breathing on the face of this earth, as long as you are living, you are going to face temptation. Everybody. I face the temptation, same temptations everybody faces. But God says, no temptation is taken you such as common to man. With the temptation, he'll make a way to escape. There is always a way to escape. Where sin did abound, what grace does much more abound. The power to say yes to his grace and no to sin. Okay, I'm going to have to get into some things tonight. While we're in Corinthians, back up to the fifth chapter, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 1.
In 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1, this is um, the Apostle Paul. And he says, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that had done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I truly, as absent in body but present in the spirit, have judged already as though I was present concerning him that had done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together in my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now before I read on, Paul, the Apostle Paul, there was a person in the church that was fornicating in the church. Now everything's not recorded in here, but I am sure that this person had been talked to, had been dealt with, had been given the word, had been shown mercy, and continued on in this sin. So the Apostle Paul said, I've already, I'm, I'm, I've already judged it. He throws them out of the church and turns them over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. In verse 6 it says, Your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leavened the whole lump? Well, if he would have left that person in there, then they would have said, well, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, uh, it's okay. You know, just let them stay in the congregation. Keep No, no, no. Let me tell you something. God's word will always confront a lie. Every time. Every time. To keep the church holy and keep the church pure. You know, the church is the body of Christ. It says, and your glory is not good. You know that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be new lump as you are Unliving, for the even Christ our Passover is sanctified for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, leaven, neither with leaven of malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. That's that word truth. Again, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to keep company with fornicators. Okay. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with covenants, or extorters, or with idolaters. For then must my needs go out of the world. He said, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that's called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extorter, with such a one, don't eat with them. For what, I've, for what have I to do with, to judge them also that are without? Do you not judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judges. Therefore put away from yourselves that wicked person. Now, it's not a, a, a problem that people can't uh, read and understand what the Word of God said. That's not the problem, okay? The problem is doing what it says, okay? We can, we can look in here and see real easy. He said, I wrote unto you an Episcopal not to keep company with fornicators. And then he says, uh, with, uh, let me see, let me find the verse again. Um, Set you would and judge them. With such a one, in verse uh, 11, with such a one, don't eat with them. Now that's pretty, pretty plain. I don't have no problem reading and understanding that. 
but to obey it. See, that's a different story. So I know the time is short, and I, I really believe that I need to share this uh, tonight, so I'll do so. This happened probably, don't know how long ago, 12, 15 years ago. I got up one morning. It was still dark outside. I'd get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and start praying. And I was up praying. And the Spirit of the Lord came on me. He started talking to me. You see, this person that was close to me, this person had asked me to go out to eat with them a couple times. And both times I heard in my spirit, don't do it. So I would tell them, well, no, not now. Okay? I told them that. I told that same person twice that. No, not now. So after I told that person twice that, the Spirit of the Lord started dealing with me. This, I believe, was on a Monday or Tuesday morning. I'm not sure. But he started talking to me. And started taking me to all the scriptures in the Bible. And he says, I want you to call that person and tell that person why you won't eat with them. So he gave me all uh, scriptures, a lot more than what I'm going to give you tonight. He gave me the scriptures. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I was crying. I said, Lord, I said, I'm close to this person. As if he didn't know that. As if God don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling God something he don't know. You see, I'm going to obey God. So, even though it was hard, I took the scriptures, I called the person, I told the person, I says, I can't eat with you. And here's why. And I gave them the scriptures, all the scriptures. And I haven't ate with that person since. In 12 or 15 years. I believe one day the person will repent. I believe that. But until that person does, I won't eat with them. I did something else. I said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. This person was going to a church somewhere. I said, I want you to take all these scriptures that I gave you, write them down, take the scriptures, and go to your pastor and ask him. Little did I know, what was going to happen? I figured, you know, man of God. He said, yeah, that's the word of God. Yeah, what he told you is true. That's not what happened. You see, it says you first get it out of your eye. And then you can get it out of somebody else's eye to help them. See, if I'm living something I don't, if I'm preaching something I don't live, I got no business preaching. See, and so... He goes to his pastor and he gives him these scriptures. And his pastor says, you know, <laughs> big deal, man. He says, I drink. I believe that's probably why the reason out there so many pastors won't deal with sin in the church and sin is running rapid in the churches. They probably got sin in their life. They don't want to deal with it. Well, make a long story short, this person got offended because that person said they drank. Didn't see anything wrong with fornication. Sex outside of marriage. That's how goofed up this world is. You see, put up there thirsty if you would. Acts 10 and 34. God will deal 
with sin. God is long-suffering. He is patient. He is merciful, believe me. But God's got timing on things. And God will deal with things. God will deal with sin. He will do it. And since He can't be seen down this earth, He uses His ministers. He uses His people that will listen to Him and obey Him to deal with issues. Just like the Apostle Paul says, I've already judged it. I put him out of the church. I'll turn him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. I had a person under me one time in ministry, and uh, and I was real patient and long-suffering with this person. And I kept telling him, look, um, you know, you need to do what honors God. You need to get you need to get married. You need to do what's right. And I was I was patient, long-suffering. I don't do anything until the Spirit of God comes upon me and tells me to move. And so, after quite a period of long time, I could see this person kept procrastinating, wasn't going to do what was right. Wasn't going to honor God's word. You see, they that fear him will honor his, his word. And so, finally, I seen this person wasn't going to do what he was supposed to do. So, I, I talked to him one Sunday. I said, you're not going to minister under me anymore until you get married. Well, the next week, he got his license and got married. Marriage is what honors God. The world won't tell you that. Because out there, <laughs> it's far from that. But in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ, in the church, it's marriage what honors God. Where did I say go to Acts 10 and verse 34? It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. You know the only thing that God respects is truth. His word. That's all. He don't respect me any more than he does Devon. He don't respect Jumping Johnny any more than he does uh, uh, Cocoa Puffs back there. Verse 35. Pastor Guy was picking on him last week uh, talking about his glasses. Verse 35. But in every nation he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Fear back in the church. Honoring God's word back in the church. He wants his church holy. He wants his church pure. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you li ain't living in truth, if you ain't accepting the truth, and you're making up your own truth, I can promise you, you're headed for trouble. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. Be not unequally yoked, together with unbelievers. For what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness? You notice he only mentioned two things there, righteous and unrighteous. You're either righteous or you're unrighteous. If you're a child of God, he declares you're righteous. He said, what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion had light with darkness? 
What concord had Christ with the devil? What part he that believeth was an infidel? And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them, I will, I will walk in them, I will be their God, and they shall be, be my people. Verse 17. He says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. 7 and 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So, he wants us walking in separation, sanctification, and holiness. He wants us to come out from among them, from among the world, from among the unbelievers, from among the darkness of this world. In 1 John, the first chapter, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. All sin. All sin. If I walk in the light as He is in the light. You know, when we're talking about putting on the armor of God, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wicked spirits and rules of darkness. If you get into disobedience uh, in the Word of God, uh, even though you may not understand it, for instance, when he says, if a person is called a Christian being fornicator, with such a person not to eat with them, and he named other things, they're in there, the drunkard and so on and so forth. You see, if you disobey the Word of God, if you go against the Word of God, you open yourself up to demonic forces. You open yourselves up to things that you don't want to open yourself up to. You're bound, but you don't know it. You may be being attacked by oppression, depression. Who knows what you're attacked by? But the enemy has a door to attack you. He has a door to hit you. But when you keep them doors closed and you don't let that door open to him, he's got nothing to come in and get you with. He's only a deceiver. God is nothing but truth. He's nothing but a lie. And it's up to you which one you want. The truth or the lie. 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 2. First Corinthians 7 and 2, it says, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and every woman her own husband. First Corinthians 10 and verse 5. First Corinthians 10 and verse 5. It says, But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. 
Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as some of them were, as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. So in other words, twenty-three thousand of them dropped dead in one day because of fornication. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they were written for our mon mon whatever. Upon whom, I can say it all, all the time and I get up here and can't say it. Unto whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he stand take heed, lest he fall. There had no temptation taken you such as common to man, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but with the temptation make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. So he'll always make a way for you to escape. It's up to you whether you want to escape or not. I've had to escape many times. And I'll have to continue to escape. That's why it says flee fornication. In other words, run. Get away from it. Because every man that, uh, sin that a man commits is without the body, but he commits fornication, sins against his own body. I remember one time years ago when I was living down in cold water, I was out walking my big Japanese Akita dog. There was a girl across the street. She was about 22 years old and real pretty. And she was sitting over on the porch and I was walking. She started calling my name. I knew what she wanted. But see, I didn't go back and say, well, you know, I'll just go talk to her. I kept walking faster forward. See, because it says flea fornication. See, when you go back and you start talking, you're starting to enter into the temptation. So don't go back. Keep moving forward. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, first verse. Uh, fifth chapter, Ephesians 5 and verse 1. It says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication and all uncleanliness are covenants. Let it not once be named among you as becoming saints or Christians. You notice that? He said, Don't let it be named among the church. Neither fil uh, filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor gesturing which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this we know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolatry had any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. There's a lot of people out there being deceived today. They've turned their ears away from the truth, and they're listening to lie. But it says, don't let no man deceive you with vain words. Because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. You were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. 
and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Whatsoever doeth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. You know, I wrote this down, and I'll say it. Some of you children may be fornicating in your homes and bringing a bunch of devils in there, and you can't figure it out. You see, demons have to have a door to get in. Before I go to the next um, scripture, we're talking about truth tonight. Okay? And when Jesus in the Gospel of John was talking to his disciples, okay, of course, he always said this. He said, I only say what I hear my father say. And he always, he couldn't lie. So everything he said was the truth. And so they always wanted to kill him because he told the truth. So he was speaking to his disciples and they all got up and left. And it said they walked no more with him because he told them the truth. And then he looked at Peter. He said, Peter, what about it? See, he didn't care if they all left. And there was nobody. Because he knew that his father would give him the people that he needed. You see, there's too many people today in church, they won't tell the truth because they're afraid to leave. But he said, look to Peter. He said, Peter, you going to leave? He said, Lord, where am I going to go? He said, you've got the words of life. See, this is the words of life. Where am I going to go? There is nothing else. Everything the world's got to say is a lie. Everything God's got to say is the truth. But because he told them the truth, they walked with him no more. In order to be free and stay free and live free, your heart's got to be open to the truth. Matter of fact, in the parable of Sower in Luke 8 and 11 through 15, it talks about the sower sows the seed, the word. I'm sowing the seed to you tonight. I'm giving you the word of God. I'm reading God's word to you. And it, said, and it started talking about where the seed fell, okay? And it says some, you know, fell here and fell there, and some the cares of the world and the seedfulness of riches and lust of other things chokes the word and becomes unfruitful. But then when it gets down to the 15th verse, and it said, And these, in a good and honest heart, having received the word of God, they keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. You gotta be, you gotta have a good and honest heart. You gotta be open to the truth. Now the truth is hard. It's hard. When he first talked to me about this situation, about calling this person, say, I can't eat with you, it was hard. But I'm gonna do it. Second Corinthians thirteen and eight. I don't know if I got it 
right or not. Maybe I do. I do. It says this in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8. We can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. It says, when Paul was talking to Timothy, the young pastor, he said, in the last days, they'll turn their ears away from the truth. But, the truth is the only thing that can help you. The only thing that can get you free, the only thing that can keep you free is His Word. It's when it goes down into your heart and takes root and you start being doers of the Word and not hearers only. And you know what the devil's after? He's after that seed in your heart. He's after the Word of God. He wants to get it out of your heart because he knows as long as it's in your heart it's going to produce good fruit. And we're supposed to bear good fruit. You know, when I lived down in Coldwater, I bought my own bulldozer. I had a caterpillar bulldozer. And I could go up to a tree about so big around, I could just hit that thing, just knock it down, back up and kick it out of my way. And then I'd go to a tree that's a little bit bigger, and I would have to dig around it, dig, hit the roots around it, and then knock it down. But if I get up to a big old oak tree and hit that thing, Man, I just bounce right off of it. I could go around and cut the roots and still can't knock it down. That's the way it is when the Word of God goes down into your heart. And the devil comes up and he just bounces right off of you. See, he can't do anything. The only power he has is to deceive you. Why do you think the truth is so important? Because he's such a lie. He's a chain breaker. He gives you the truth for you to be free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And when you start getting free, them chains are gone. And you're free. And you do it God's way. This is the only way that works. Your way won't work. The ways of the world, it will not work. But this is guaranteed. It will work. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.